Welcome you all in the wonderful name of Jesus. What a joy to be here at uh, Kingsgate after a gap of 1,200 years, <laughs> approximately. Dave, approximately. Well, I came, I think, probably five, six years ago, and good to be back here and to see what the Lord is doing. And Dave has been my good friend, Karen, and they've been really good friends. We kept in touch with each other to know what God is doing, and uh, it's lovely to see what the Lord is doing here, and especially lovely to see what God is doing in Cambridge and Leicester. That's really, really awesome. I just love it. Hallelujah. Wow. It's wonderful. And uh, well, I was given the time of 33 minutes. That means after 33, you're crucified. So I'm all said, like Dave was asking me what's going to happen. I said, I have no clue what's going to happen. But I know one thing, that you are going to meet with God. Uh, you didn't hear. I said, you're going to meet with God. I have not come all the way from India to England to preach about a dead Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus, whom I preach, whom I proclaim, whom I declare, he is not dead, he is alive. Wow, hallelujah. And if you have not seen miracles in your life, you will see them this morning right here. Some of you might ask me, Rambabu, are you confident that miracles are going to happen? Well, I am not confident, I am overconfident. I'm overconfident miracles will happen. For one reason, I know I can change, you can change, and the weather in England beautifully can change. But praise God, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Wow, hallelujah. So I'm expecting great things to happen. I'm expecting the Lord to meet with me personally. And the worship was so awesome. My heart was going up. I was crying. I was... I was lost in the presence of God, and I, I, I'm believing God to do something awesome in our midst. Hallelujah. And I know many of you don't know me. I'm a new man to many of you. Some of you have seen me before. Some of you have not seen me. Or some of you would have forgotten because I'm more handsome now five years before. <laughs> so, so some of you wouldn't have recognized who I am. So just to be, no, just to make sure that you all, we are all on the same page. Uh, my name is Ram Babu. And I come from India. Uh, I don't know how many of you know about uh, uh, my, uh, the, 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 the Hinduism, the, the, the teaching in India. You see, every nation, somewhere or the other, the society in the nation is divided on different, based on different things. In some nations, uh, the society divided based on the color of the skin. And, uh, uh, you know, whereas in my nation, the society is divided based on something called the caste system. We have something in India called the caste system, where, uh, you know, where, where we are taught that uh, from the head of God came a community called the Brahmin community, who are, the, uh, who are the people, who are the only people eligible to be the priests in the temple. And then from the shoulders of God came another community who are called the kings and the rulers. And the, from waist of God came a community called the business community. From the feet of God came a community called the untouchables. So this is the way, even now, though uh, India is so advanced, but still in many places, 
still the caste system is followed and the people of one caste do not marry the people of other caste. In many places they do follow, many people broke it up, but there's still there are places where they follow this, where if you marry a person from other caste, lower than your caste, it comes as a crime, even though it happens in India. So I was born in the top caste called Brahmins. And uh, so, you know, I come from a financially well-to-do family, a wealthy family, and highly educated family. Uh, my dad uh, is a, uh, my dad was a professor and uh, Head of the department of uh, un, uh, head department of English in a university, and my mom was a tutor in an English school. I have older brother, younger sister. My older brother and his wife are professors in English. My younger sister, husband, are professors in English. My whole family English department. <laughs> so all English, 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 and I'm the one. I'm the only one who born off, and I did a course called BE. That means bad English. <laughs> That means Bachelor of Engineering. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mechanical engineer by profession. So my whole family is one side, English guys. I'm the only technical guy, engineering guy. And so from the time I was a, a, I was a, a kid, uh, uh, my, my grandma, that's my dad's mom, she saw that I was a, a different child, a very special child compared to my older brother and younger sister. And so she... Uh, she would. Uh, she take. She took me near and she taught me. She said to me, "Rambabu, you are a Brahmin." In the olden days, uh, in Indian culture, the kings used to say, "We cannot see God, but we can see a Brahmin." So they used to say, "Brahmin is our God." So she said, "Rambabu, you are a Brahmin." That means you are a very good guy in the previous birth. That's why you're born as a Brahmin. And if you're born as a Brahmin, you are God. <coughs> And so at the age of nine, the seed was sown in my mind that I am God. And they took me at the age of nine. My grandma took me to a senior priest of mine who was a very, very wonderful man whom I respected. And she introduced me to him and she said to me, this is my grandson and he's a very special child compared to my other two grandchildren. I want you to, you know, train him up in all our religious ways. So at the age of nine, I became assistant priest to a, a, a senior priest. And by the time I reached the age of 11, I could do all the rituals myself by heart. That by the age of 11, I, could, I became the priest in two temples. And uh, uh, many, many people, you know, would uh, uh, take me to their homes and uh, put me in a chair and put my feet in a, in a silver platter. And they wash my feet with water, take the water, sprinkle on their heads and say, Rambabu comes, God comes to our house. So I was worshipped as God from the age of 11. And, uh, uh, you know, there was a certain festival during which they would pull a chariot, a wooden chariot with all the devotees. Uh, they tie the ropes and devotees pull the, pull the chariot with the idol upon the top of it doing the rituals. So when they would pull the uh, chariot, I would be on the top of the chariot doing all the rituals. And so people would come, touch my feet and take my blessing. So, you know, you can imagine at the age of 11, I grew up in this way where I... I, I knew 100% I was God. Because people would fall at my feet, worship me, fall, fall prostrate at my feet. Wherever I go, people would stand up. Wherever I go, people would honor me for the age of 11. And I was very smart in my studies. And I was a topper in my school. And I come from, from a wealthy family. I come from a highly educated family. And I was worshipped as God. You know, so there was nothing I lacked in my life. I had everything I wanted in my life. And so it got into my head and 
you know that i am something special so i at the from the, from the age of 11 i became a very arrogant boy uh, i would not eat in anyone's house who are non brahmins and even when my classmates come home my schoolmates come home if they want to drink a glass of they want water i would not give them water in the glass which i would use so i would give them a special separate glass of glass for them to use it and after they drink i wash it keep it in the uh, keep it in the corner we don't touch it because if you touch it i become unclean so i keep it in the corner and so this is the way i i, I grew up and um, uh, you know i a few years ago two years ago i had a big crusade in india and a lady came up to testify she said i can't believe that ram babu can be preaching jesus because she was my mom's colleague in the same school and whenever she would come home i would make sure that she is insulted and humiliated and my mom was a very secular person dad was a secular person whenever she would come and sit in a chair and when she gets up to leave right in front of her i would come with the holy water sprinkle on the chair to sanctify the chair make it clear to her you are low caste you sat on my chair my chair become unclean so i would humiliate her right on her face so she said i can't believe ram babu can hold the bible because i have seen how humiliating he would be you know thinking he is god and so that's why i grew up and um, I had a my uh, my my dad had a friend and who taught me from a childhood that Christianity is a western religion and they said that you know Jesus is a western god and uh, this he told me we cannot allow this Christianity to grow in our nation and we should not allow the bible to spread in our nation so from that age of 11 I grew up with a hatred for Christianity I had only one desire in my heart to uh, make sure the Bible will be out of existence in India. I remember the times when the OM would come and distribute New Testaments in the school. I would pick up the New Testament from them. I would tell them, I would ask them to wait for a few minutes. As they would wait, I would go to a nearby shop, buy kerosene, and take the New Testament, dip it in kerosene, light the matchstick, and the Bible used to burn. I used to throw the burning Bible up. and I used to challenge my christian friend saying if your god is alive let him stop his book from being burnt i would tell them what kind of god is your god you call him savior somebody who cannot save his own book from being burnt how can he be a savior of the world and as this was the arrogance and i would never go to churches because for, for i i consider christian to be the low caste people i i can't go into churches if i go into a church i would be unclean so i grew up in this way and um, when i when i was studying my engineering i would i i had to attend my evening classes so every evening when i go to my class i had to pass in front of a church building the church was right on the main road i would pass in front of the church building So one evening I'm going to my my classes and I saw in the church compound a Christian meeting going on. Around 200 people were there they were singing. I stopped my bike. I was so angry. I spat on the ground and I said these Christians have no other job than to convert people by force and um, I I spoke filthy words about Christians and Jesus and I went straight to my my classes. I finished my classes. I was coming back. The meeting is still going on. and uh, that's this is why you must have long meetings 
because people like me need a long meeting. The meeting was still going on. So I came near the church. A wicked thought came in my heart. Why shouldn't I go inside and disrupt this meeting? So I took my bike, went to the church. I parked my bike in a corner and uh, I picked up a few stones in my hands, sat in the last row, and as the preacher was preaching, I was throwing stones at this girl and that girl to disrupt the meeting. I never heard what the preacher preached. And uh, to add to my anger, the, preachers, the preacher was a white man. He was Australian, but I thought he was American. For me, all the whites are Americans. <laughs> you know, that's where, I, uh, that's where we, work, we, we grew up. So I thought, now here is a white man coming again to you know, push his religion to us here. And uh, I was throwing stones, not listening to what, what, whatever, he was, uh, whatever he was talking. And at the end, the preacher said like this. He said, shall we pray? And everybody got quiet. So I didn't move because everybody were quiet. If I move, they know I'm the only guy who moved. So I was quiet. And the preacher said, he said, Jesus Christ is the living God. And because he's alive today, whatever he did 2,000 years ago, he can do it even today. He said, what is, the preacher said, what is impossible to man is possible with Jesus Christ. What is impossible to doctors can become possible with Jesus Christ. All hope might have gone. Come to Jesus, he'll give you new hope. And when I heard that, I was mad at the preacher. I was angry. I said, how dare this man to say that what no one can do that Jesus can do. From church, I went straight to my friend who was a Muslim. And he had a younger sister. She was a mute girl. She was not deaf. She was mute. Mute in the sense, she, can't, she cannot even make a sound. When she opens her mouth, only you can, you can get the air out of her. You know, she, she can't even make any sound. Absolutely silent. And they took her to different cities. They did their, her vocal cord surgeries, speech therapies, and everything. But nothing had worked out. And then they took her to all their Islamic holy places, and nothing had happened. That's why my advice took her to all the Hindu temples, nothing had happened. So I went straight to my Muslim friend. I've told him, his name is Moinuddin. I said, hey, Moin, a Christian fool has come to our town. And he says, what no one can do, that Jesus can do. So I said, tomorrow, let's take your sister to the meeting and rip the Jesus apart. My friend said, okay, let's go. So next evening, I entered the church. That was the first time in my life I went to the church publicly. The previous night, I went secretly, came out secretly. And my family is a very highly reputed family in my city. So the moment I entered in, most people recognized me there. They, my dad is a very, very well-known man in the city. So one moment I entered, they said, hey, Rambabu came to church. And they pulled me in and they put me in the front row. <laughs> and now when you are in the front row, you are stuck, man. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting in the front row, totally frozen. I, I don't know what to do. Uh, when they would stand, I would be sitting. When they would sit, I would be standing. I don't know what it was. It's like Mr. Bean going to church. I, I had no clue what's happening. And the preacher began to preach. He said some strange, weird things. He said, all have sinned. And so we all need to be punished by God. But God loved us so much, he didn't want to punish us. He became a man. 
and he became our substitute he took our punishment he carried the punishment of our sin our sickness our curse he died buried after 3 days he rose again from the dead when i heard that i was shocked because as a hindu i believed in reincarnation i believed in a karma principle that is whatever you did in the previous birth the consequence of what you got to suffer in this birth whatever you do in this birth consequence of the next birth the cycle goes on and on and on and on and here is a new teaching i did wrong somebody suffered for me i said how can somebody suffer for my wrong doing then at the end he gave a salvation call i didn't go forward then he asked anybody want healing come forward i took the girl went forward and he prayed for her nothing happened he said come back tomorrow again tomorrow last day come back tomorrow again that's why i tell the people if you're not healed on day 1 come on day 2 you're not healed on day 2 come on day 3 not on day 3 he not healed day 3 come on day 4 keep coming until you get what you need from god never give up on god yeah. amen never give up on god hallelujah so i went back next day again i said I, I I mean that's that day I created a big scene over there I was shouting at the peak of my voice I was screaming at them saying you are all frauds your god cannot do anything I said tomorrow I'm coming back again and I know nothing is going to happen tomorrow I'm going to rip you apart and I I screamed and then I went back and then next day I come back again so my friends told me later You know, when you screamed and left, we knew we were in trouble. So we all started fasting and praying that God touch this guy. <laughs> so I, I I went back next day again. Again, I sat there. Again, hearing the message of Jesus. Again, salvation call. I didn't go forward. Again, healing prayer. After the girl went forward, and the preacher asked me, "Young man, do you believe Jesus can heal your sister?" I nodded my head. <laughs> Just like that, no faith. You know, we just nodded my head. He laid hands upon that girl. He said, "In the name of Jesus, you mute spirit, come out. Speak in the name of Jesus." And he said to her, "Sister, say Jesus." And the mute Muslim girl opened her mouth, said, "Jesus." Whoa! Hallelujah! She started talking, and the preacher said, "Look, this girl is talking." I went to her and said. Say your name, Katija. She said, Katija. Oh my God! Jesus opened her mouth and he shut mine. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And the preacher caught my hand and said, "Young man, Jesus can not only heal your sickness; he can deliver you from all your addictions." All that he got to say is, "Jesus, forgive me." He will not give you new religion. He will not give you new name. He will give you new life. Amen. Hallelujah, Amen. So I was still arrogant, still arrogant. I looked at him. Come on, what do you know about my life? I went back home that night. I couldn't sleep. I'm tossing on the bed. 20th century scientific age. How can miracles happen? My gods could not do it. their gods could not do it how can this god who hated the most how can he do the miracle and what's the new teaching that i did wrong somebody suffered for me is what i heard from childhood is true that i got suffer for my wrong doing or is this true as a bigger thing something began to happen my whole room began to change i had an encounter with god i had a, two hours i was in his presence weeping and weeping and weeping 
I was the most hard-hearted guy. I was weeping. I saw tears in my eyes. I said, I won't cry. And I'm crying. <laughs> More I said, I won't cry. I started crying. Two hours I wept. And I was so exhausted. I, I, I slept. Next morning, got up. Went to my college. And I was a chain smoker. I went to the college. And uh, my, I was, my friends offered me a cigarette. I said, no. I went to my classroom. And I said, hey, wait a minute. Why did I say no to cigarette? I never did that before. I, every evening we used to go to pub. The evening came. No desire to go to pub. Now I started getting scared. What happened to me? I was so good yesterday. Something wrong with me now. <laughs> then I went to see the girl. She was talking beautifully. I met her. I was coming back. I met some Christian friends. One guy was my schoolmate. I used to speak filthy words about him. He stopped me. He said, hey, Rambabu, you saw a miracle in the church last night. What do you say about it? I said, forget what happened to that girl. Tell me what happened to me. I said, why did I cry like that? What is the new thing? that I, I feel so light in my heart. Why am I unable to do things I did before? Then they told me, Rambabu, you hated Jesus. He loved you. When you said, Jesus, forgive me, a miracle happened to you. He said, you always talked about next birth, previous birth, next birth, previous birth. Last night when you said, Jesus, forgive me, you had a next birth. It's called being born again. Yes. Praise God. And they told me, they showed me the scripture. If anyone is in Christ, is a new creation, all things have passed away. Behold, everything shall become new. I looked at the scripture and said, oh my God, this is true. One night, one prayer, he changed my life. I said, Lord, today I recognize you gave your life for me. I give my life to you. 21st January, 1983, I was gloriously born again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Dave. In the city of a million people, my, my city is the city of a million people. In the city of a million people, I was the first Hindu convert. And that too from a, that kind of family. So there was a big commotion in the whole city. city was, my city was an uproar. How can this guy become a Christian? How can you follow Jesus? And you know, my whole community came together. They said, are you stupid? Only failures follow Jesus. What do you lack? Why do you want to follow Jesus? And one of my senior priests told me, if you follow Jesus, who will wash your feet? Who will worship you as God? I said, I don't care. I told dad, dad, I don't know all that dad, all that I know is once upon a time, I was in a religion where disciples wash the feet of guru. But today I follow a guru who washed the feet of disciples. Jesus is the only guru who was the feet of disciples. And I was excommunicated. I was thrown out. I was just an 18-year-old boy, kicked out of the house, not knowing what to do. And I was sleeping on the roadside, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, in love with Jesus, going in bicycles, preaching the gospel, beaten up many times, bones broken, my, you know, bleeding, blood clots, you know, all, all that for the sake of Christ. So my dad told me, you are stupid because when you were a Hindu, you said Hindu is the only right religion. You hated Christianity. But now you become a Christian. You said, Jesus is the only way. Why can't you be like me in between? <laughs> Hallelujah. My life changed. I finished my engineering. I used to work lecturing in the university in mechanical department. Then the Lord called me in the 89 to preach the gospel. I resigned my job, took up the Bible, began to preach the gospel. In my city of one million, I was the first person to come into full-time ministry. So nobody knew what is being a full-time ministry in my city. 
Praise God. 26 nations we have traveled now. 26 years I've been preaching. 54 nations have traveled. And preaching the gospel to the hundreds and thousands of people. The largest crowd I ever preached to is half a million people in one evening. Half a million in one evening. And I was an evangelist for 26 years. I became a pastor a year ago. And I'm a pastor now. So I just want to tell you something. For me, supernatural is not something out of the box. The reason is, I was born again in the midst of a miracle. So nobody can ever convince me that Jesus does not heal. Nobody can ever tell me. Nobody can ever tell me. And nobody can ever tell me that miracles happen here, miracles don't happen here. East or West, gospel is the power and Jesus Christ is the Lord. Amen. So I love supernatural. I love signs and wonders. I love, you know, many people try to tell me about Jesus, but I wouldn't believe them. But when I heard the message of Jesus accompanied by a healing that convinced me he is the Lord. And that I said to God, Lord, whenever I preach about you, I would not preach with words. I want to preach with you backing what I preach with signs and wonders following. Amen. Hallelujah. I've been in 54 nations. I can say with all my heart, every nation I saw miracles happening. I have not come back from one nation saying nothing happened here. And that includes Peterborough today. Ah, I'm telling you, this is just an introduction. Second service is going to be an awesome time. You know what? You know what? I'm telling you about my God. I've been preaching the gospel in 20, for 26 years. If, in a crusade of half a million people, there is no way I can go and lay hands upon the people. So God told me, I'll send my presence and heal the people. So we have seen in many places, miracles, healings happening without my prayer. I'm just preaching, I'm talking, the presence of God comes and heals the people. How can people be without prayer? Yeah, right now, I'm speaking, many are being healed now. I'm telling you, many are healed right now. I see the power of the Lord manifesting here to heal the sick. Oh, hello, just stand up with me for a minute. I'm looking at the clock and preaching. That's right. <laughs> okay, just lift your hands up once. I'm telling you something, one of the things I tell the people, you know, the moment uh, your pastor brings a man of God up on the stage, the anointing is upon the man there. Yes. You know, I know you're all anointed, but there's an anointing for a man who's standing here. And when a man says something, it, it happens. Right now, as you lift your hands up, I see the healing power of God coming right now. And many are being healed by the Lord. Ah, yes, I see bones being healed, I see eyes being healed, I see ears being healed. The power of the Lord is present here, healing the sick. The mighty hand of God is stretched forth. Signs and what is happening all over this place. 
Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. I give you glory. You are healed. In Jesus' name, we receive it, Father. And we say it, amen. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, don't sit down. Put your hands down. Open your eyes. Test your body now. Come on. Do what you couldn't do. Come on. If you could not bend, bend and check up. If you could move the hand, move the hand. If you could move the leg, move the leg. If you're blind, check your eyesight. If you could not hear, clap, snap, check your hearing. If you had hearing aids, remove the hearing aids, clap, talk, check your hearing. Come on. If you had a tumor, check the tumor. Do what you couldn't do. And if you have any organs missing, check it up. My God can create new organs to you. Come on, check it up. Check, check, check. Come on. Do what you couldn't do. Come on, do what you couldn't do. Many are healed just now. Do what you couldn't do. And those who see your pain gone, your heal just now, raise, show me your hand up. Those who see your heal just now, your pain gone, come on, raise your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. High up. Come on, high up. High up, high up, high up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Check your body. Do what you couldn't do. Bend, move your hand, move your leg. Do what you couldn't do. Those of you who see your heal, your pain gone, you received a miracle just now, show me your hand up. High up. Yes, one hand going up there. Praise God. Come on, come on, come on, high up. Come on. Come on, I want... I, Look, look, I've been in the ministry for 26 years. When he heals, I know he heals.